0: All right, time to bring in Ben Anderson. You heard him on the pre-half and post-game show. Well, you've been hearing him all year long, and you heard him during the game as the Jazz beat the Mavericks, and he joins us on the Sprint Special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Ben, good morning. Good morning, guys. So I'm curious how you explain the confidence level with the Jazz. How in the world does this work? Because they looked so shaky during the five-game losing streak. They're just like, oh, no, we might lose it. And I never thought they looked like that in the fourth quarter. Even though it got tense, they had to hit some shots and all that to push a four-point lead back to seven or whatever. They did it, and it just seemed like they were going to. What the heck is the difference one week to the next?
1: There is a weird momentum team, uh, thing going on with this team where I, I don't know if it's youth. Uh, I, I don't know if they just don't know any better because of their youth, where when things are going well, Everything seems to be going well, including you know weird runs like what they saw from the bench in that third quarter. Uh, and then when things go poorly, I mean, nothing goes right, like losing five games in a row, even when you're playing very shorthanded teams and some teams where it just looks like matchup-wise, you should have a much better opportunity or a much easier chance to get some wins. Uh, when the momentum is good, they're great. And when it's bad at all, it seems like it really falls apart. And We've seen that a couple of times this season, most recently the five-game losing streak. Uh, and then, of course, uh, in early December when they lost four of five on the road, and I think they lost six of eight overall uh, and were just bad. Uh, it, so it's strange. And then, of course, they go on their hot streaks and they win 19 of 21 or three in a row against playoff teams or near playoff teams like they've done recently. They just kind of go whichever way the wind is blowing. And, and that's good and bad because in sports, we've seen that be very successful. Where the Washington Nationals will get hot and win a World Series because they play well for a couple of weeks or you know a month to close the season, the New York Giants have done it, seemingly having a 500 to regular season and getting in the playoffs and beating an undefeated Patriots team. Uh, but also, if you're playing bad towards the end of the season, that's a little scary because you could, you could exit in the first round.
2: Jordan Clarkson continues to amaze. Now I followed him to a degree, more so when he was with the Lakers than Cleveland. Uh, And he's been a double-figure scorer every year he's been in the league. So, you know, I thought when I first heard the trade, I thought, okay, that's pretty good. Exum isn't giving you anything. Clarkson should be able to give you about 10 to 12. But pushing it towards 30 and being able to score almost to the point of effortlessly. Now, I know it's not that, but it certainly looks like that, particularly on television on these away games. I got to say, he's really, really impressed me. What was your expectation when, when he came in, and now your level of uh, how you would evaluate him the way he's playing?
1: So I'll admit, I kind of liked Jordan Clarkson going back to his uh, L.A. days, obviously the same way you had mentioned, because you had seen there was something there. Uh, And then when the Cavs acquired him, I actually thought, okay, that makes sense because LeBron James could use just a scoring punch off the bench. And those guys, I mean, historically, going back a long time, good six men, even if they're just scorers, was it Benny Johnson with the Detroit Pistons in the 80s? Those guys have always just kind of made sense. They can work. And then sometimes it looks like they're going to work or they do, do give you points and it actually doesn't help your team. So that's kind of what's dicey about that specific type of player but I know the Jazz like Jordan Clarkson when he was coming out of Missouri as well and I, I tend to trust the, the Jazz instinct certainly Dennis Lindsay's uh, draft history is much better than it is worse so the fact that the Jazz liked him a little bit I think is intriguing Quinn Snyder obviously has some ties to Missouri and, and probably heard some things about him of what type of a player he is but I thought he was going to come in and just be a scorer I thought you were like you said uh, PK it's probably 12 to 13 points I didn't think he had long stretches where he would score 20, 25, 37, 22, exactly what he's giving you right now. I thought, honestly, just by not watching him every night, he was probably a little bit more like Jay Crowder, not in his style of play but in his style of scoring where one night he might give you 25 and then the next night he might give you 4 and as a result you get a 13-point average and you just take it. But he's not that. He's just—he's much more consistent as a, as a scorer He really seems to understand his role on this team. And then I think he's actually more than just a scorer. I know his assist numbers last night were particularly inflated. He doesn't give you eight assists most nights, but he plays really hard, which I guess surprises me. He is a pretty instinctual passer, even if he doesn't always get a ton of assists. He makes really smart passes. So he's just better at everything than I expected, and that's been a welcome surprise.
0: Ben Anderson joining us here, Utah Jazz Radio Studio analyst. So, Mike Conley, everything hits pause as he doesn't play back-to-back, and I guess that's not really that surprising the way things are going in the NBA. But do you feel bigger picture over the last week or two? Do you see progress being made? Does he fit in better? And do you think there's more progress to be made?
1: I think there's a lot more progress to be made, but I think the last week in his four games where he's averaging 20 points and five rebounds and four assists and shooting 45% from the floor and 50% from the three-point line are are very promising. I, I don't think he does that. For the rest of the season, I mean, I think that's unreasonable to expect. But you can see that he can still get back to that level for stretches, and you may need him to do that for uh, the entire playoffs. And if not, maybe just a playoff series. Uh, and, and that's huge because he makes a lot of money, and he makes you know he needs to be a big part of this team. He's going to get thirty minutes when he's healthy. So I think you need to see that he has the ability to do some of those things. And over the last week, he's done it. And, and then you know, uh, we we talked a couple of weeks ago, guys, about. How do you use them in the playoffs, or what's the expectation for them? And again, as teams can start to take away some of your options, the way the Rockets took away Joe Ingles last year, you have to give something up. And if you're going to switch everything to try and take away some of the Jazz three-point shooting, which the Rockets have been able to do, you've got to be able to isolate against those teams that want to switch, because if you isolate, they can't switch on defense. And Mike Conley can do that. And you saw that against the Rockets on, was that Sunday night, I guess two nights ago now? His ability to attack off the dribble, if you're a little bit bigger than he is and a little bit slower than he is, he can get all the way to the rim. And if you can cut that off, he'll hit a floater. And if you can, you know, back off of him so he doesn't drive, he'll hit a three. And that's just what really good isolation players do, and he can do that. And we've seen the Jazz specifically lack that at times over the last two years in the playoffs. And we've seen the value of it when they've had it, whether that was Joe Johnson against the Clippers. You need to have that guy in the postseason. Sometimes you need to win a one-on-one matchup. And I think Mike Conley provides that, and I think we've learned that the last week.
2: Yeah, I'm not so worried about him individually. I'm more concerned about how the players play with and off of him. And to me, that's the big issue. Are they as effective? Are they effective enough to make sure that the team is in the position to win rather than looking at Mike Conley's contributions individually and solely unto himself? So going forward, how do you think the guys are going to be playing with him, around him, and off him? all that type of stuff.
1: I buy into some of that, because clearly some of the numbers are down with guys around him. I also think it's their responsibility to be better and not Mike Conley's responsibility to make them better. And I know Quinn Quinn Snyder's job is to make sure he's got the best five guys out there and find the units that work, and and I absolutely believe in that. But if Joe Engel starts missing open shots because Mike Conley's on the floor, I don't think that's Mike Conley's fault. Uh, But but I do understand the concept that the team's got to be playing well as a whole, I do think they're still readjusting, clearly, to what Mike Conley offers, uh, and, and they're going to get back there. But also, you know, Mike Conley's a better point guard than, than Joe Ingles is, and Joe Ingles is a really good player, and, and when he has value, he has enormous value. Uh, and, and even last night when he didn't shoot well without Conley on the floor, he gives you eight assists, and you see his value there. Uh, but what Mike Conley does, he's better at than anyone else on the team, so you've got to find a way to use that. And I think you have to find a way to keep that on the floor. And and honestly, it's going to require the rest of the guys adjusting as much as it's going to require Mike Conley adjusting to them. And I think that's the vision the Jazz had. I think it's the, the vision the team is committed to because they continue to put Conley out there in those situations and ask everyone to play off of him. And I think you're going to see that. And I think it's going to help in the long term. Guys like Donovan Mitchell, who in the playoffs don't have to be the only guy doing it. I mean, we might not see... Donovan Mitchell is the best player in a series. He might not be the second best player in a series, and and the Jazz are probably going to be in good shape if that's the case. If either Rudy Gobert comes out and is great, like he was against Oklahoma City a few years ago, or if Mike Conley comes out and is the best player in a playoff series, which he's done several times in his career, that's probably a good recipe for the Jazz if they're going to win a playoff series. You're probably going to not need uh, or hope to not have to need Donovan Mitchell to be a superstar who averages 30 points a game because that's a lot to ask still from a third-year player.
0: It's just I think the whole thing that has to come together here is there's a rhythm to the offense and the way the ball moves. And I thought with Conley out there, I thought regardless of who the combination was on the floor, that the last two games, Houston and Dallas, you could feel it. And I think there are three guys who are likely to break the rhythm of the offense, and they're all new to the team. And it's fine to break the rhythm of the offense if you get all the way to the hoop and you get a high-percentage shot, but you can't break the rhythm, go one-on-one, and then pick the ball up after five seconds and go, nope, this isn't working, and throw it to Bogey or Joe or whoever, and think that now you're going to get a good shot in that possession. And so I think that knowing when to break the rhythm of the offense and go one-on-one— it's a kind of finely tuned thing, but it feels to me like Moutier, Clarkson, and I get Moutier doesn't play a lot, but he plays when Conley sits. Moutier, Clarkson, and Conley all tend to break the rhythm of the offense, but as long as they do it at the right time, it's not a big deal. It just kind of enhances it. But getting to that tip, that balancing point and getting that right, that seems to be what the next 25 games are about, but it seems like they're getting closer to it.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think that, that breaking the rhythm is, as you mentioned, it's just isolating. Yeah. And as much as it's Awkward to look at because it's not what the Jazz run. It's not what most NBA teams run, but it's why everyone hated the Houston Rockets over the last few years, even though they've had these record-breaking offenses, it's because James Harden's the best isolator we've ever seen in NBA history, and they still had a great offense <laughs> as a result of it. And and really, I mean, sometimes the best thing you can do is just be the most unguardable player on the floor. And and we saw it in the third quarter last night. I thought both Emmanuel Mudiay and Jordan Clarkson were unguardable. I thought we saw it against the Rockets for stretches that that Mike Conley was as well. And it matters more in the playoffs because teams break your offense, teams know how to get, I mean, you can break an offense. The best defensive teams do it. The Jazz have done it for the last several years. They don't do it as much this year. Uh, And then you've got to have an answer to it. And I think that's where this value will continue to shine more so for the Jazz in the playoffs. But it would also help in the regular season when teams aren't, uh, don't have the ability to take everything away for the Jazz to be able to run that offense that can be so effective uh, that Quinn Snyder has installed when Conley's on the floor. And I totally agree with that
2: think the Nuggets are getting enough run as far as how good they are?
1: I think there's some questions about what their ceiling is, and that's why they don't get enough love, because I don't know what major additions they made other than Michael Porter Jr. in the offseason. I don't think he's played for like, – I know he missed three games in a row at one point uh, in the last week, so I don't know if if that's why they're not getting as much love. I don't know if it's because – if you don't like a big guy who passes the ball like Jokic does and looks a little awkward when he does it, if you don't like that, maybe you're just not going to sit down and watch him and appreciate him. And, and I don't think that's trying to sound too elitist about basketball. I mean, there's certainly things that are fun to watch about them. It also really hurt. I mean, Jamal Murray missed a ton of games and got hurt again last night. Paul Millsap hasn't played in seemingly a month now with a knee bruise. So, Uh, I think that might be part of it, but but I think the bigger thing is, how legit are they? I mean, do we think they can beat the Lakers? Can they beat the Clippers? I I know they beat the Jazz twice in the last few weeks, but that was the Jazz playing maybe their worst stretch of basketball of the season. I, I wouldn't pick Denver to beat the Jazz in a playoff series when Quinn Snyder can prepare for them. I think that might be the issue. There's still some doubters uh, about how good they really can be, and they almost got eliminated in the first round last year to, uh, to, to a Spurs team. I want to say it was the seventh seed. So uh, I think that's probably the bigger question, but they're dangerous. I mean, they're, they've got, what, the fourth or fifth best record in the NBA overall. They're, they're certainly playing really good basketball. I think maybe Michael Malone's probably due for a Coach of the Year award or at least a, a, a nomination for it and to be a finalist this year. How much do you
0: think the Clippers are better than the Lakers and they're just sandbagging here in the regular season, resting up, pacing themselves? Uh,
1: I think that's a really dangerous assumption for the Clippers to be making, and I think they are making it. I I think sitting the players as often as they are, I understand it. I understand wanting to be healthy. Uh, You're going to need that, and they can do a lot of those things we've talked about the playoff teams can do, where Paul George can go off for 30 and Kawhi can certainly go off for 30 and Lou Williams can do the same thing, but... Lakers might be a sleeping giant. I I know they're not perfect. I know they didn't address their point guard issues at the trade deadline, and Darren Collison's not coming in to save them. But LeBron James is still you know, the the best player I've seen his entire career of. I didn't see all of Michael Jordan, but LeBron James is right there uh, and is legitimately in the conversation as the best we've ever seen. And Anthony Davis is going to be a mismatch regardless of who the Clippers think they can put on him. I mean, they they certainly don't have a big body that can go out and and defend him that well. And I think Marcus Morris is good. Do I think he can win you a playoff series? That might be a little bit more of a dicey question. So I think the Clippers are good. I think they're in the conversation with the Lakers. I don't know if I'm convinced that they're head and shoulders better because LeBron in the playoffs. I mean, look at LeBron's points last night. It was something like you know 17 points on 9 of 16 shooting. He's, he's not going out there and having to do what he did for the Cavs where he has to give you 38 and 8 every night for them to have a chance to win games. He just doesn't have to do that. So while he's not sitting games like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are, he's probably resting. He's certainly getting more rest than he ever has at this point in his career or, or at any point in his career uh, as a championship contender. And Anthony Davis is as good. Or, you know, Anthony Davis is better than Paul George. I feel confident saying that. So I, I don't know if Kawhi is significantly better than LeBron, if he is at all. And I don't think Paul George is better than Anthony Davis. And look at most playoff series. The best player wins. And the Lakers have you know, maybe two of the top three, I think, in that conversation. And, and their one is as good as any other one we've ever seen. So... They're good. The Clippers are really good and are, are a legit threat to, to make it out of the West. And, and maybe the Bucks are just the best team and, and they're going to steamroll everybody. I don't think that's the case. But I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see the Lakers and LeBron James once again in the finals.
2: You expect a nail-biter in the All-Star game? Because I need to know.
1: <laughs> oh, I, don't, I Honestly, and I'm going down there. I'm leaving on Thursday. I don't even know what the format is for the quarter still. I know they're doing the, uh, the, the Kobe Bryant and you you score so many points a quarter, one through three, and then they reset it. And then they set a, you know, a goal number in the fourth quarter to get there. It's just a lot. It's kind of going to be hard to follow. I think a little bit, especially because it's not a game that people sit down like a playoff game and watch for the points. They watch for the highlights. So now having to track the scoring, I think might be a little bit goofy uh but LeBron James and no offense to Donovan Mitchell and, and rudy Gobert who were drafted by Giannis LeBron James is a much better general manager than Giannis is and pick much better players so it might not be a uh it might not be a nail biter at all
2: So you're saying LeBron's not only a great player he's like Jerry West too
1: He might be he he could have a post <laughs> he could have a post NBA career that good if he decided he wanted to be a a front office person. I suspect he's probably more of an owner then you hope as an owner. He doesn't meddle too much in what the uh, the front office does. But LeBron, LeBron's a, a great basketball mind, and then maybe he is. Maybe he has a chance to be the next Jerry West.
0: Ben, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes. We'll hear you on the games. Hey, guys, thanks. All right, listen to Ben right here on the Zone Sports Network, Jazz Pre, Half, and Post Games.